Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. We're talking on our series this morning, Where Now is our series. We're talking about vision this month and about our vision from God and having direction from God. And I opened up last Sunday with, the, with uh, Proverbs 29, 18, where it says, When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. And pe- this is, I don't know, I found out in people's lives, when people ha- don't have a vision, they do. They, it's like they don't have any direction. They don't know what to do. And they're going all different places with their life. And, and they're guessing at what they should be doing. How many of God doesn't want you to guess at what you're supposed to be doing? God wants to, I believe God wants to lead us and guide us and direct us in every step that we take. So for, and for us to know what the heart of God, we need to know the heart of God in this whole thing. And for us to walk out the vision that God has placed in our hearts, we need to understand God's nature and his will. Amen. Let me just share three things about his nature and his will. Okay. Number, the first one is this, God is love. He is always, his will is always the best. Do you believe that? His will is always the best. His will is always best. Get that in your heart right now. Because some of, some of us have been walking according to our own will and our own plans. But it's really, his, he, God is love. His will is always best. God is all-knowing. His direction is always right. His, there's sometimes we make, we make decisions and we think, oh, is that really what I'm supposed to do? And God let, let you know, if you let God direct you, his, He is always right. He is always right. Thirdly, just three things we'll give you. God is love, God is all-knowing, and God is all-powerful. He can enable you to accomplish His will. Amen? He can enable you to accomplish the will. See, without a vision, you have no direction. To illustrate that, what we're going to do today is look into the, the, to the book of Judges and look at the Israelites who had turned their back on God, and they were in severe trouble as we did it. So in Judges chapter 6 is where we're going to begin the story this morning. It starts off letting us know that the Israelites had turned their back on God. They had walked away from God. So the Lord turned them over to the Midianites. For seven years, the Midianites would come in and raid their camp. When Every time they'd plant a harvest, they could count on it. The Midianites, uh, the Amalekites, and some other people from the east, the Word of God lets us know, they would come in and they would destroy all the crops of Israel. Just totally destroy them. Take everything from them. Take their lambs, everything they had, their goat, goat, sheep, and everything. And this is where we find them at. They're, they're in a place where they're being tormented because they had turned their back on God and God had turned them over to the Midianites. And the Bible tells us in, in chapter 3 that, that these, the Midianites come in. When they came in, it was like they said it was like locusts coming in. It was like, I mean, swarms. There was just no room for anything. And they would just devour everything that they could. And what, so as you think about that and think about what's going on, Israel's turned their back on God. And here's, you know, the reason, that's my next point that I want to make. The first point is reason. Do you know the reason why people sometimes lose the vision and direction? They lose vision and direction sometimes because they have made a decision to turn away from God at some place or another. And so instead of following God's leadership, instead of letting God lead them, they're trying to lead themselves. Look with me in Judges chapter 6, verse 8. That's where we want to pick up here. And we're going to be paraphrasing some of these verses because we've got a lot to cover this morning. It says, the Lord sent a prophet to, Isaac, to, to, to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up, up out of slavery from Egypt. I, verse 9, I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all the oppressors. And I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. 
He says, I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Think about what he just said. God did all this work for them. God had delivered them, but now there are people without a vision. There are people that's been been ransacked by by the enemy because they have turned away from God. See, think think for a moment in your life. I believe a lot of times when people lose vision from God and what God really wants to do to them, the enemy keeps them down and keeps them defeated. They're not able to walk in the, the victory that God has for them. And all of a sudden, the enemy's just devouring everything around them. And I've seen that happen in people's life when they've turned away from God. But see, this is what's happened to the Israelites. But God uses a man. And you know, many of you are familiar with the story. But he uses a man, Gideon, to make a difference and gives Gideon a vision for what needs to be done. So let's talk about the next thing is the encounter. This is the encounter. See, when we encounter God, he is able to give us fresh vision no matter where we're hiding. No matter where we're hiding, if we encounter God, he'll give you a fresh vision no matter where you are. Look at verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Orpha, uh, which belongs to Joash, uh, the, the clan of Abizezer. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat in the bottom of a wine press to hide from the Midianites. Now, here's Gideon. He, has, he's, he's, he looks like a man without any direction, without anything to do. And all of a sudden, he's in, this, he's in the threshing floor, he, or he's in the wine press threshing out wheat. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord shows up. The angel came up, and he walks over. Look, look at verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Does that sound like he's a hero to you? I mean, does that sound like, I mean, here's Gideon, he's threshing, he's hiding from the Midianites with a little bit of grain that he has, and now the angel shows up and said, you are a mighty man of God, you're a hero. Gideon doesn't, doesn't understand the comment, think about it for a moment, he said he's hiding, he's in a wine press, and all of a sudden, the angel shows up, you're a mighty hero? Gideon didn't, didn't look like a hero, he didn't act like a hero, he didn't feel like a hero, he, he felt like he was a nobody. He felt like he was nothing. And then look what, he, I, look what Gideon replies to the angel. Sir, Gideon, and I, this is kind of, I think, it, I think he said it in a kind of harsh and sarcastic way. He said, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now Lord has, you, the Lord has abandoned us and has handed us over to the Midianites? I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a mighty hero, but that sounds like a man that doesn't have a vision. That sounds like a man that doesn't have direction. All he does, he's sitting there and he doesn't know what to do. And he's doing what he knows to do best. See, church, when, when fresh vision comes, you get fresh direction. When fresh vision comes, you get fresh direction. Look at this. In verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and rescue the Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Gideon is still questioning this order. He's like, man, I don't know about this. Look, because you can see his next comment. Look what he says in verse 15. But Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest of all the tribes of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Basically, Gideon is basically saying, I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. How can I do this? I have no, I don't know what, what to do, and I don't know how to do this. And God said, I'm giving you a new vision. I'm, giving you, I'm going to give you a new direction. Then you see the revelation of all of this. Look at verse 6, chapter 6, verse 16. Then the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. 
Man, that's some good stuff right there. But even after God spoke to Gideon, he still wasn't quite sure. Matter of fact, Gideon replies in verse 17, if you are truly going to help me, and show me, give me proof that you're going to help me. Give me proof. He said, show me that you're going to help me. And Gideon says, hey, stay right here for a moment. I'm paraphrasing now. He said, told the angel, stay here. I'll go prepare a sacrifice for you or an offering for you. So he runs home. He kills a, a goat. He bakes bread without leaven. And then he brings the, everything back. Now, you know, it had to take some time to kill a goat, cook a goat, make bread. It, it several, probably a few hours passed by. Then he gets back to the place where he had, where he had met with the angel, and the angel of the Lord told him, said, listen, put the meat and the bread on a rock, and then pour the, the broth over the top of it. And he did. And then all of a sudden, the, the angel took his staff, and he touched the meat, and at once, he touched the meat and the bread, and all of a sudden, fire came up out of the rock and consumed the offering that Gideon had put before him. This was God being willing to say, I've got this. God was showing Gideon, I'm with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be with you. And so Gideon built an altar there. And he called it the, uh, the place as Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. So we see the encounter. We see the revelation. See, church, we have to be willing to step out in the vision. Amen. God gave Gideon the, the, what he needed to do. But Gideon still had to make the steps to take that, that to, uh, direction. And so we see in verse 25 and 26, the Lord tells Gideon to tear down his father's altars. He built to Baal and to the Asherah pole, stand beside it. Then the Lord uh, that stood beside it, then the Lord told him to build an altar unto him. So that now Gideon's building the second altar. But first, think about it. He told him to go and tear down these, these, these idol things that the Israelite had set up, the, the altar to Baal and to Asherah pole. Gideon, the storage career of the gate, he takes one of his dad's calves, cows, bulls, or heifer, or whatever, takes one of them, and he goes at night in, uh, with, a, so, with a, a couple of guys, and they go in and they tear down all the altar of Baal. They tear down, the, they cut down the uh, Asherah pole. And not only that, then he builds an altar, but he takes the Asherah pole and uses it as firewood, and he takes the, the cow and, and sacrifices it to the Lord. This is all taking place at night. He didn't do this during the day because the word said he went at night and did this. And can I tell you, church, the next morning, I want to tell you, there were some people that were not very happy. They were not really happy when they got up the next morning because their, their, their bell altar was destroyed. Their sheer pole was down and they're saying, who did this? Who made this mess? Who, who took down the altar and who, who destroyed the, the sheer pole? They investigated. They investigated. The Word of God says they realized that it was Gideon. So what do they want to do to Gideon? First thing they want to do, let's kill him. He's torn down the altar of Baal. He's, he's torn down the, uh, the shear pole. We, we, and they begin to yell to Joash, saying, Joash, bring your son out here that we may kill him. And Joash got very upset with them and basically said, you know, you know let, let Baal defend himself. If Baal is really God, let him defend himself. Let him kill the one who, who tore his altars down. And then they kept going on, and they, they, the commotion was going on. And basically, Joash said, listen, if any of you guys want to fight for Bell and stand up for Bell by, by, by this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. I mean, that, that's a pretty strong statement. But here's the thing. With, all of a sudden, through this, God is doing a work. And what I think God was doing vision with, in this vision was bringing confidence to Gideon. He's bringing confidence to Gideon. And see, we see in verse 33, we see the enemies of Israel once again. They're crossing over into the, where the Israelites are. They're, they're down in the valley of Jezreel, and they're getting ready once again to attack 
the Israelites. The Israelites, it's our harvest time. They planted. Things are coming up. It's another year. Now, this is going on for now seven years. This has been going on for the Israelites, okay? So all of a sudden, they're planting, and all of a sudden, you have the Midianites, you have the Amalekites, and you have, you have the people from the east who now are camped in that area. They're getting ready once again to raid and steal everything from the children of Israel once again. So we see that happening here. And then look at verse 34. 34, I, I love this verse. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon. He blew a ram's horn and called the, to arms and the men from... Uh, the men from Abiezar came to him. These men come running to him at that point in time. And then he sends out, he says in verse 35, he also sends out a message to Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors to approach. So they all came. Now here's a guy that was a few, a few days ago was in a wine press with wheat, that had no direction, didn't know what to do. And now all of a sudden God's come on the scene and God has given him a vision. God has given him direction and God is going to continue to give him direction. Look at this. It's even, even with this confidence, Gideon wants to make sure that it's God. He still wants to make sure God it's God. In verse 34, 36 through 40, Gideon said, God, if this is truly you, he says, he says, is this truly you and you're going to help me to rescue the children of Israel? He says, can I ask you something? He says, I'm going to put a fleece out for you. He said, I'm going to put a piece of sheep, a, a sheepskin down with a, with a hair on it. And he said, tonight, I want, the, I want it to, the, the skin to be dry and the grass to be wet around, all around it. So God did it. Then he said a second time, he said, God, tonight, I want the, the skin to be wet and the ground to be dry. God... God allowed him to ask those questions. See, when you feel God is speaking to you in a new vision in your life, it's okay to say, God, is this really you? It's okay to say that. It's okay to say, God, is this really you? Are you really one speaking to me? And I want you to notice something. God does not get angry with Gideon, but he gives him the answer and that builds him even more confidence in his life. He, gave, he said, God just did it. And he didn't say, oh, that's a lack of faith. No, he said, Okay, he obliged you because he wanted Gideon to know that, that he was with him. See, Gideon had a vision, but now God is giving him spiritual guidance. Now look at verse, uh, we move into chapter 7. Chapter 7, and we just paraphrased the, almost the entire chapter 6 for you. Chapter 7, the Lord said to Gideon, see, Gideon had got all these men together, and he said to him, he said, you have too many warriors with you. If I let you fight the Midianites... The Israelites will boast that they were able to save themselves by their own strength. See, how many know spiritual guidance goes against human logic most of the time? It really does. Spiritual guidance goes against human logic most of the time. I mean, there's things that God's told me to do that didn't make sense before I did it. But then when I walked in faith and did what God told me to do, the doors opened. All of a sudden you say, oh, okay, now I understand. Spiritual things cannot be a lot of times figured out in your logical mind. Do you, do you understand that? So all of a sudden, God says, you have too many men because you're going to brag about yourself. And look at verse 3. It says, therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid and afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 20, 
2,000 of them went home, leaving him with 10,000. I mean, they, they went home, said, okay, we're out of here. Now he has 10,000, and maybe Gideon's like, okay, we can still do this. God, God's got this. And then God says, well, Gideon, you still have too many people. In verse 4, he says, you still have too many people. He says, take them down to the water, and we're going to test them. God wanted to test them. As they went down to the water, God, God said, now separate those. This is verse 5. He says, separate those who, who took water in their hand and lapped it like a dog to those who got down on their knees and put their face to the water. He did that. 9,700 of them got down on their knees and buried their head in the water. And God said, send them home. Leaving Gideon now with 300 men. Now think about that. He's going against an army, an army they say was like, they were like locusts. Matter of fact, one, one commentary said there's probably over 120,000 soldiers they had and people that were going to ravage that whole land. And now here's Gideon by himself with 300 guys. 300 guys. Now I love this. The Spirit of the Lord, remember, came upon Gideon. Gideon didn't question anything at that point. Now, look what he did. He said, Gideon collected the provisions and, uh, and uh, ram's horns from the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept 300 men with him. And the Midianite camp was in the Valley of Jezreel, just below them. Okay? See, as Gideon and his men went up into their camp that night, the Lord told, told him, said, Gideon, go down to the enemy's camp, for I've given you the victory. Go down to the enemy's camp. Why would, I mean, okay, but Gideon doesn't question. He says, okay, I'll go. He went down to the camp. As he, he got to the edge of the camp, he heard some of the, one of the Midianite guys talking to one of the other soldiers. As he was talking to one of the other soldiers, he's saying, listen, I had a dream. And the Midianite soldier began to tell his dream. And as he told his dream to, to his friend sitting beside him, all of a sudden, the, the other soldier said, there, that can mean only one thing. That God has given Gideon victory over the, the uh, the, um, uh, the, the, well, my tongue tied there. The Midianites. He, given, he had given him victory over the Midianites. And when Gideon heard that, he went back, he worshiped, but he went back to camp and he woke everybody up and said, Get up. God has given us victory. We're going to take this thing tonight. I mean, we know the story that he went and divided them up and they were all surrounded, the, the enemy there. And when he blew the ram's horn, they all blew horns. Sound like. It must have been like thunder coming through the room. And it just, they were all blowing. And he said at the time, open your jars. Bust the jars and let the light shine. And the enemy tells us, that, the Bible says they turned on themselves and began to kill each other and run away. And the thing about it is Gideon tracked them down. You go, you read verse 7, you read verse 8, you, or chapter 8, verse, uh, chapter 7, chapter 8. You see that he did not give up until he had gotten all their leaders and take them, and matter of fact, they never recovered all during the time of Gideon's reign. The, the Midianites never recovered, the Word of God says. Now, 300 men, think about it. 300 men of vision and spiritual direction, they won the victory over armies of over 100,000 people. And they, they really didn't have to do too much to win the battle because God won it for them. Amen? See, Gideon was a judge in Israel after that. Church, he, he was a judge for over 40 years. He, he, he was a judge in, over Israel. And all during that time, they had nothing but peace during that time. 
Because one person was willing to take a stand. One person was willing to say, I'll accept the vision and I'll accept the direction. Gideon would not have been able to do this on his own. There are certain things in our life we can't do without God. Amen? Matter of fact, the Word of God says in John, John uh, 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 man, 15, 55, he says, John 55, he says, without me you can do nothing. No, what is he saying? I can do certain things, but if anything's going to have eternal value, it has to be done through God. If anything's going to be accomplished through, for the kingdom of God, it has to be done through Christ. Amen? And if we're, going to, if we're going to walk in the vision that God has for us as a church, we have to be willing to walk out in victory, and we've got to be able to walk in faith and say, God, I'll listen to your direction. And if God tells you to go here, you go. If God tells you to stay where you are, you stay. But allow God to speak to you. How many believe God wants to speak to you every day in your life? I believe that. I believe God wants to speak to us. But church, we've got to come in line with what God wants. And we've got to find out what his vision for our life is. Like I told you last week, the vision here at Tower Hill Church is loving people to life. And that's what we are called to do. When we walk out these doors, we are out in our jobs, wherever God has placed us, our job is to love people to life. That's our vision for, the, for, for this greater area. Amen? But church, be willing to ask him to lead you and to give you ears to hear and a voice and to hear his voice and to walk in his ways. Amen? Be willing to say, God, I need you. God, I need you to lead me. I need you to direct me. God, I want to fall, not my will, but your will be done. Remember, we sang about that a little bit even this morning. God, I want to walk in your vision for my life. And I want it your direction over my life. I don't want to be the one calling the shots. Because I know in my own personal life, if I try to call the shots, I mess it up. But if I let God make the right choices, remember, remember we talked about at the very beginning, remembering God's nature. God's love, His will is always best. God's will is always best. Gideon could have said, no, God, I'm not sending these guys home. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go fight with these 32,000 guys I got. Wonder what, I, have you ever thought about what Gideon thought, maybe standing there when he saw 22,000 leave? Then all of a sudden he saw 10,000 leave? I mean, the other 9,700 9, people leave? What do you think maybe Gideon was thinking? I don't know. One day I'll ask him one day in heaven. We'll get to ask him that question. But church, remember, God is love. So know his nature. His will is be always best. God is all-knowing. His directions are always right. God is all-powerful. He can enable you to accomplish his will. Amen? Church, do you believe God has a will for you, a, a, a vision for your life? If you believe God has a vision for your life, are you seeking him daily to say, God, what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next thing you want to do? What's the next step that I need to? Because like I said, even last week, when God gives you a new vision and gives direction, most of the time is he doesn't lay it all out there before you. Because you know why? I believe because he figures we'll try to make it better. But he says, just take one step at a time. If you take that, take that step of faith, then he'll show you the next step. But we've got to be willing to say, God, I need you. In this 21 days of fasting and prayers, this is what this is all about. God, we need you to direct us. We need you to lead us as a church. 
We need to, we need to know what's the next step in, our, in the vision that you have for us to do. Amen? Father, I thank you for this time. We've been able to share the word, Lord, even though in this COVID season, Lord, it just seems like everything's sometimes rushed. But God, I know, God, that you're working in the lives of your people. And I know, God, that you have given us a vision as a church to continue to move forward, to take, take the land. Father, to see more people want into the kingdom of God, to start new churches, to start new works, and to support the works within our city, Lord, that are reaching people. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us as a church to grasp the, your, the vision you have for us. God, that we would begin to not just say we're going to love people to life, but God, we begin to demonstrate that love to the world outside the four walls of the church. God, because all around us, there's hurting people that they need to be loved to life. They need the love of Christ being poured out upon them. And God, I just pray this morning, I pray this morning, Father, that we would hear your heart in this. God, as we're looking, not just for a vision, but God, we're looking for direction, how to fulfill that vision. God, would you show us new ways this week on how we can love people to life? Would you show us new ways this week as we go out to be able to just love people for who they are? And Father, just uh, to show your love to them. Father, I ask it in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just thank you for your grace and your mercy. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tower Hill NH. To give online, you can go to th.church/giving. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.